Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for spending your Monday afternoon with us. This is Fantasy MLB Today, and I am your host, Joe Origo. For those of you who aren't already doing so, you guys can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. And you can also go ahead and follow the Ethos Fantasy BB account, which is where the show is posted out from directly every day. So follow both of those accounts to make sure that you never miss a show. And also turn on the notifications on your podcast app or Spotify, wherever, to make sure that when the show is released, you guys have it right away. We are going to be doing our usual Monday show here. We're going to be looking back on the weekend, uh, some of the major news stories of the weekend. We'll be taking a look at some of Sunday's games, as well as looking ahead to tonight's schedule. No day games on this Monday, just uh, starting, I believe, at 6.40 Eastern tonight we have games. And I think there's only seven of them. Seven or eight games, so a bit of a shorter slate. We'll also be going through the waiver wire and looking at some of the more added and dropped players today. And of course, we will be looking at our DFS segment at the end. We'll take a look uh, at a nice lineup for tonight. We had a really good day yesterday in DFS. We scored 140 points in our contest. We really lucked out with Garrett Cole and Tyler McGill on the mound. And we had a really nice day. So we'll take another look tonight and see uh, where the good options lie. First, let's take a look at some big news that happened over the weekend or news that was announced over the weekend. We'll start with Michael Conforto, who had shoulder surgery, and he will not be playing again this year, unfortunately. If you drafted Michael Conforto, you can send him back to the waiver wire. If you'd added him speculatively, hoping that he was going to come back, unfortunately, it's not going to be this year. So in redraft leagues, Conforto can be sent to the waiver wire. It's really unfortunate. I thought he was going to have a bounce back year after a rather poor year last year. But, you know, that's the way it goes, right? It's the way sports works. It's the way fantasy works. It doesn't work out the way you want. Most of the time, it doesn't work out the way you think it's going to work or want it to work. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, the White Sox outfielder, is expected to miss six to eight weeks with a hamstring issue. He's currently on the 10-day IL. Now, that timeline of eight weeks is just bordering on 60-day IL territory, but I think they'll just keep him on the 10-day here and see how serious the injury really ends up being. He had to be carted off the field. He had been DHing the last couple days, and they put him back in the field here. Uh, He ran out of ball to first base and really came up sore. So they're not going to take a chance with their young star in Jimenez. He'll be on the shelf for a few weeks. Andrew Vaughn stands to benefit here with some playing time added. There's not really an excuse for La Russa not to play him anymore. So I would imagine that Andrew Vaughn is going to have more of a regular role going forward, which does make him a borderline must-roster player. So if Andrew Vaughn is available in your deeper leagues, specifically 10, more so more so 12 or 14 team leagues, that's where you're going to start taking a look at Vaughn and seeing if he's available. Uh, and possibly even in 10 team leagues, depending on how many outfielders you guys have on those roster spots. 
But Vaughn can be a very valuable player, especially with everyday playing time here. So uh, he's someone I'm going to be speculatively adding while Jimenez is out just because he has the opportunity there. Uh, a big congratulations to Miguel Cabrera. I probably should have let off with this. But Miguel Cabrera, for those of you who were not aware this weekend, had his 3,000th career hit. It is a massive accomplishment, especially with Miguel having a 300 batting average and 500 home runs. The only other players who've done that are Hank Aaron and Willie Mays to finish their career batting over 300, over 500 home runs, and over 3,000 hits. He is an inner circle Hall of Famer, in my opinion, Cabrera. And despite him not really being much of a fantasy player anymore, he was the number one fantasy player for several years there in the early 2010s. And he is one of my favorite players of all time. So big congratulations to Miguel Cabrera a first ballot Hall of Famer and an all-time great. We will move on to Tommy John surgery here early in the year. We don't like to hear it, but John Means is going to be out for the season after undergoing Tommy John. Uh, I'm not Actually, I'm not sure if he's had the surgery yet, but he will be having Tommy John, and unfortunately he will be out for the year. Bad news for the Orioles, but I mean, it's not like it was really going to matter too much for the Orioles. But they're losing their their ace, so it's just going to make what's going to be probably a tough season worse for them. They haven't been too bad so far, actually. I think they're 6-9, and nine, which is not too bad, but this is definitely not going to help. It's a big blow. Again, if you drafted John Means, you can send him back to the waiver wire. He will not be having a fantasy value this season. Uh, that's it for the major news. Uh, Liam Hendricks is dealing with some back tightness. So and he's also been really rough. He's been a really rough option early in the year to start the season with his ERA, especially has been very bad. Uh, so maybe he does have an IL stint here just for a 10 day, just to try and fix whatever is wrong there, because there's something going on with him. This is not Liam Hendricks that we know. So he may require an IL stint. We're not, it hasn't been announced yet. He's currently listed as day to day. But I would expect him to not pitch for a few days. He went almost all of last week without pitching because just the circumstances didn't fit it for the White Sox. But now it appears he will be getting a few uh, days off here. Kendall Graveman would seem to be the likely choice to be getting saves there. So in a deeper league, or if you did lose Hendricks like I did in a particular league, it might be nice to replace him with Graveman. It would be easier if Hendricks uh, gets put on the injured list so you can just make an easy swap there without having to drop anybody. But I don't know necessarily that he will be going on the injured list. It's a possibility, but uh, they have not announced that to this point. Let's start taking a look at yesterday's games. Those are the big news stories of the weekend. We'll start taking a look at yesterday's games. And we'll start with my Toronto Blue Jays, who had a bit of a heartbreaker in extra innings to the Houston Astros. They lost by a score of 8-7 to on a walk-off home run from Jeremy Pena. Really rough for the Blue Jays. It looked like they were going to have a sweep here. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi has looked really rough in the early going. He did bounce a little bit back uh, from his first two starts against Boston there uh, last time out. Or maybe that was his second start against Boston. Yeah, I think it was his second start. So he has faced tough competition all on the road, Yankees, Boston, and Houston. But his ERA is currently, actually it's only 375 because some of those runs were unearned. He's lucky his ERA is only 375. It feels like it should be a lot higher than that. I don't know that he's going to be someone really rosterable this year. He's walked 10 guys over 12 innings. He's really not had it, his stuff so far. So I'm if you drafted him, then I'm probably going to hold on for a little while longer if you're in a league deep enough to have drafted him because, you know, the Blue Jays pitching coach Pete Walker is really good at what he does. And I feel like with a little bit more time, he'll be able to probably work some kinks out there with Kikuchi. So if you drafted him, if you have him, I'd probably hold on for now. 
On the Houston side, Luis Garcia had his line spoiled by a three-run home run in the six by Zach Collins. He ended up with a six-inning line of five hits, five runs, five earned runs, and six strikeouts. Not great. But again, that three-run home run really put a damper on his day. He is better than the numbers suggested yesterday. He had a very, fairly good day. Uh, if you have Luis Garcia, I'm not panicking there. I'm holding on. Let's move on to the Rockies and the Tigers. And we had Chad Cool throw a really nice game here. Six innings, four hits, uh, just a one run, struck out four and walked two. I like Cool. I think that he is a decent option. I didn't really want to stake my week on it yesterday on adding him. <clears throat> just because on a Sunday, you know, you can really, you can lose two or three categories just off of one person if they don't perform the way you want them to. But he's had, you know, every start of the year has been a good start so far. That's not historically who he is. So I'm a little nervous, but I understand adding him right now and taking a chance on it. I don't think he'll have long-term value necessarily, but if he's hot right now, it might be worth adding in the short term. Although I probably honestly would hold off. I wouldn't use an early early week move on him right now, and he's not going to be pitching until the end of the week. So maybe you take a look at the matchup at the end of the week. I'm not exactly sure who he's lined up to face, but I wouldn't necessarily go add him right now. Maybe in a deep, deep deep league you would, but in your 10, 12, 14 team leagues, I wouldn't really bother. On the other side, we had Tyler Alexander did not do particularly well. Over three and two thirds, gave up eight hits, struck out two and gave up five earned runs, walked one. Not anything that you have to worry about for fantasy there. Alexander is not going to be an option. Let's move on to the Rays and the Red Sox. And it was a 5-2 Rays victory here. Uh, Shane McClanahan, little bit of a concern, giving up two runs in the first inning, and then he completely settled down through seven innings, did get the victory, struck out seven, two earned runs. <clears throat> he was a massive discount on draft day going after pick 100 in most cases, and he's looking like an ace. He's looking like a top 10 pitcher in baseball so far. Enjoy the returns. Enjoy uh, if you were smart enough to draft him. I have him in one of my leagues. I wish I had more shares. If you were smart enough to draft him in leagues, then you hold on to him there. And, you know, he's probably going to be a Cy Young candidate this year, I would imagine. So really good job if you took him. There's no move there. On the other side, Rich Hill went four innings, uh, scoreless innings, while walking three and giving up four hits. But he's not going to be someone I am too worried about here. Uh, let's move on to the Yankees and the Guardians. Bit of a, a bit of a tough series here for the Guardians in more ways than one. Uh, they, they were swept by the Yankees. And there was also the incident on Saturday of... Brutal fan behavior in New York. Uh, I couldn't, can't say I'm really surprised. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit surprised. You'd like to see a bit better from baseball fans, from the baseball community, especially after a walk-off victory. Um, not, not shocking to see the Yankees fans behave in that manner. It's it's upsetting still, sure. Uh, I, can, I can't say I was terribly shocked by it. But uh, um, anyway, let's talk about the game. Uh, Garrett Cole was fantastic. Garrett Cole bounced back into form yesterday, going over six and two-thirds, only giving up four hits. He walked one and struck out nine. He looked more like classic Garrett Cole. That by-low window appears to have closed on him. It was definitely there and open for a while, but at this point, you're not going to be able to get him for much of a discount after yesterday. Aaron Savale on the other side went three innings, gave up seven hits, six earned runs, and struck out three. Not very good stuff from Savali. Over three starts through 10 innings, he has a 9.58 ERA. Really rough stuff. I'm probably going to be comfortable sending him back to the waiver wire. Let's move on to the Giants and the Nationals. And we had Logan Webb, again, give a really good outing. 
six and two thirds, seven hits, <clears throat> three earned runs, and struck out six batters. Really good stuff from Logan Webb. He should be on rosters everywhere. He is rostered in most leagues. If you are in one of those leagues where he's not, then I would highly recommend going and grabbing him while you can. Joanna Doan, someone I have probably mispronounced his name the entire season, was not very good. Over four innings, gave up six hits, five earned runs, struck out three. He's not going to be a very valuable fantasy asset this year. A lot of pitchers used yesterday by the Nationals. Uh, a, a tough, tough game for them for sure. It's going to be a tough season for the Nationals, no doubt. Let's move on to the Marlins and the Braves. It was a 5-4 Marlins victory, and Jesus Lazardo was back to that form we saw in his first start. Not quite as dominant as he was in that first outing, but over five innings, he only gave up two hits and one earned run, struck out eight and walked four. He should obviously be on every roster at this point. Despite the hiccup in his second start, uh, I believe he was facing St. Louis in that second start, and he got rocked around a little bit. This is hopefully more of what we can expect from him going forward with the high strikeout numbers and low hits, no uh, no home runs. I mean, he did walk a few batters. But really, I've liked what we've seen from Lazardo so far. He should definitely be rostered in all formats. On the other side, Bryce Elder for the Braves should not be rostered in any fantasy league, in my opinion. Four and two-thirds, he went uh, five hits, two earned runs. He walked six batters and struck out four. He's not somebody who I'm going to be interested this year interested in this year uh, let's keep it going with the Reds and the Cardinals Adam Wainwright took the loss here it was a 4-1 Cincinnati victory over five innings Waino gave up eight hits uh, four earned runs struck out three and walked three you're not dropping him you're keeping Wainwright because I do feel like this is going to be one last nice year from him a little bit concerning that I mean not really that concerning but the Reds are not a great team so you would have liked to have seen him handle business there a little bit better than he did, but we also have to understand that Wainwright's been around a very long time and that, you know, things like this are going to happen. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. You're just holding on and hoping for better next time. Nick Lodolo was really good in five and two thirds for the Reds. He gave up five hits, one earned run, and struck out seven. He's someone who is worthy of a roster spot in deeper leagues. Uh, his ERA is still going to be looking rough for a little while because of that first, excuse me, because of that first outing. Oh, hiccup there. Sorry, guys. Um, his outing in the, his first outing was really rough, so the ERA is going to be looking kind of bad. But he is someone I recommend adding if you're in a slightly deeper format. At least, you know, 14 and deeper. 14 teams and deeper, I think that there can be a spot for him. And also depends on how your league is and how many pitcher spots and everything else. But for the most part, I think that he should be on rosters. Let's move on to the Twins and the White Sox. And before we talk about the pitching, Byron Buxton has been super hot. Like, stupid, stupid, crazy hot. He's batting 351 with six homers and 11 driven in on the year. Now, he did have that injury scare. And that's something that I'm going to be worried about with Buxton, like, the whole year. You know, I, he's someone I recommend trying to sell on right now. I try and sell him for a first-round pick if you can. If you can trade him, if you can try and get back, like, a Jose Ramirez or a Trey Turner, I mean, you might have to add another piece into that trade. You're not going to get him one for one, most likely, but... If you can get him for someone in that top, in that first round range, and again, you might have to supplement with a second piece, but I would recommend doing so because I just don't have faith that his body will hold out for a whole major league season. It just, you know, he hasn't proven that to us. As great as he is when he's on the field, he's one of the best players in baseball when he's on the field. I just don't trust the health. So that is definitely uh, something I'm going to be trying to advise people on. I don't have any shares of Byron Buxton because I was nervous about drafting him. 
if you do have shares, I would really start exploring the trade market and seeing what you can get for him. Because right now is about peak value time. He's healthy, relatively healthy. He's mashing. He had a crazy weekend. So see if you can try and get a first-round player back for him. That would be my advice. I just don't see him staying healthy the entire year. On the White Sox side, uh, we'll start with the pitching here for the White Sox. Lucas Giolito, uh, four innings. And he was pretty good, actually. He only gave up four hits, one earned run, struck out nine, and walked three. Uh, I really like Lucas Giolito. And... You know, this is probably more strikeouts than you're going to see from him in most outings. But as it, just because of the innings, right? You might see nine strikeouts, but over four innings, that's quite a high number. He's been really, really good this year in the absence of Lance Lynn. Uh, in his two outings, his ERA is 1.13, 15 strikeouts over eight innings. Really good stuff if you drafted Giolito there. Uh, Liam Hendricks, we already touched on earlier, has been very concerning. We'll probably need a trip to the injured list. His ERA currently sits at 6.14. I do have some Liam Hendricks shares, and I'm not thrilled about it. So you're going to be maybe thinking about adding Kendall Graveman there as the replacement, depending on if he goes on the injured list or not. On the Minnesota side, Chris Archer went today, or yesterday, I should say, and he went three innings, gave up three hits, two earned runs, two strikeouts, and three walks. Yeah, he's not somebody I'm worried about for fantasy. He's not going to be too relevant this year, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, the Pirates and the Cubs is the next game we will talk about. A 4-3 Pirates victory. They came back after a brutal, brutal loss on Saturday. They lost 21 to nothing, And they actually got the victory here, 4-3. to So it was JT Brubaker who got the start. <clears throat> he was typically unimpressive uh, over three innings. Gave up two runs. Only one of them earned Struck out four and walked two. I mean, I guess I'm being a little hard on him. He wasn't terrible, but he's not someone who has any fantasy value for me. On the Chicago side, Justin Steele went over three innings. He gave up four hits, three earned runs. Again, nothing on the fantasy side there. Uh, David Robertson has turned into a nice pickup, though, this year so far. He saved four games. He hasn't let in a run over seven and a third. Uh, he's been a really nice addition off the waiver wire. Someone you almost certainly didn't draft, <clears throat> almost a guarantee you didn't draft, and he's returned good value. So uh, a, a nice early pickup in the year <clears throat> for David Robertson. And that happens a lot of the time with closers, is that you draft, if you don't draft one of those elite closers, like a Hayter, a Hendricks, a Romano, a Ryan Presley, uh, then you end up having to live off the waiver wire for closers, which can be very valuable. You can get a guy like this off the wire, and then that's a huge part of your season if they do succeed. Uh, Tanner Rainey is another option there who's in a similar kind of boat. You can really you can really pick saves off the wire early in the year, and then they're gone, and then they're pretty much gone. So that's why if there's a guy who has a closer job at this point, unless your team is fully set for saves, I'm probably going to take a chance on whatever option that is there. Let's keep it going here with the Athletics and the Rangers. It was a 2-0 Athletics win, and Cole Urban had a really nice outing here over five hits, just gave up one hit and struck out four. Really nice stuff. Danny Jimenez got another save here, so he's someone you should go and add. He's got three saves now. He appears to be the most trusted arm in that pen uh, in terms of high leverage situations. So he's someone you should go and add, especially if you need saves. On the Texas side, Garrett Richards got the start, uh, went two innings, one strikeout and one walk, and it was more of a bullpen day for them. Uh, not a terrible day from from either pitching staff. Only nine total hits, but nothing really on the fantasy side either. Let's keep it going here with the Orioles and the Angels. It was a 7-6 Angels victory. Jose Suarez got the start in over four and a third. Gave up four hits, three earned runs, struck out six, and walked two. 
Not somebody I'm going to be focusing on in fantasy this year. He's not going to have too much value. Um, on the other side, there's always some technical problems here. I always run into at least one technical problem. Chris Ellis started for the Orioles. Now he exited with a shoulder issue, whether they called it a shoulder issue. Uh, he let in five earned runs in the first inning, didn't record it out, walked three batters. Really was rough, and again, it was a bullpen day for them. Nothing on the fantasy side for the Orioles. And there's really, especially now with John Means gone, um, the closer, Lopez, is going to be someone who's going to be an interesting play in fantasy. But other than that, there's like no Orioles pitchers who are going to be valuable this year. It's it's a, it's tough to be an Orioles fan, guys. Uh, I'm glad I am not an Orioles fan. Um, just, just bad news with John Means. I... I you know, you do feel bad. I mean, I'm a fan of a team in the American League East, the same division as the Orioles. So obviously, them not doing well should be better for my team. But they're not going to be, you know, very competitive anyway. It's just kind of a blow to the fan base to not have John Means. And it's a blow to John Means, obviously, having to miss a whole season. I've always liked him, so I, I was kind of upset when I heard that news. You know, it's so early in the year to have lost. I know he wasn't a high draft pick, but it's... It, that's what happens, right? That's what happens in fantasy. You you make some decisions that are really good decisions. I drafted Ty France in a couple of leagues. Very good decision. Uh, if you drafted John Means in a league, it's looking like like a bad decision. And it's and it really sucks. And I know I'm going on about it a little bit here. I just really like John Means, and I feel for the guy. I feel for the guy. Let's keep it going and move on to the Mariners and the Royals. It was a 5-4 Mariners victory here. And we had six Robbie Ray innings. Again, he's not been Robbie Ray from last year so far. He's been pretty good, Robbie Ray, but he hasn't been like $20-plus million a year. Uh, he went six innings, five hits, two earned runs, struck out five. It was a very serviceable outing, don't get me wrong. Uh, but through four starts now, his ERA is 3.91. It's safe to say he won't be repeating as a Cy Young, I don't think. It's. I think Seattle may have overpaid for him, and I think the Jays may have been right in not re-signing him. I don't know that he'll be able to repeat the success he had last year. So if you had Robbie Ray, you probably overpaid for him this year. Hold on, wait till he has a couple of good starts in a row, and then maybe try and sell him, because I don't think that there's going to be a, a ton of value there. On the Kansas City side, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, I got something in my throat. Carlos Hernandez went on the Kansas City side, uh, six innings, three earned runs. He struck out four and walked two. Again, not a very attractive fantasy option here. Not to say that you can't roster him uh, in a deeper league, but honestly, no, I can't. I can't even talk myself into that. Like, uh, there, there are parts of his game that I like, but it, you, just, you can't do it. No, firm position, Carlos Hernandez. Uh, you guys can't roster him. Sorry, but sorry about that, guys. Uh, he's. I mean, sure, if you want to, you can, but uh, he's not really going to be valuable this year. Well, let's keep it going here. Just a couple more games to go over, and then we'll talk about today's stuff. Uh, Tyler McGill, it was the Mets and the Diamondbacks. Tyler McGill kept up his really nice start over six and two-thirds. Gave up five hits, two earned runs, struck out seven, and walked one batter. Really nice stuff out of Tyler McGill. Either you drafted him late, or he was an early-season waiver-wire pickup, and he is fantastic. I love Tyler McGill. Great, great ad. Not much more needs to be said there. On the other side, Madison Bumgarner continues to be pretty damn good, guys. Uh, not terrible, not great, but pretty good. Five innings, four hits, four strikeouts. You know, he's not going to knock your socks off, but, I mean, 
you shouldn't be expecting that from Madison Bumgarner. He's only 32. You would have thought he was older than 32, I'm guessing. I thought he was older than 32. But through four games and 18 innings, he has an ERA of one. One earned run average over 18 innings. So he's given up two runs over those 18 innings. Really nice stuff out of Baumgartner. A big surprise. And you know what? He should probably be rostered. Uh, it's It may come back to bite you at one point. But I think at this point, you got to roster him and hope for the best going forward. He's, he's, he's been too good so far. Like I mean, someone else is going to add him and they, maybe they'll get burned. And if you want to say... Let someone else deal with that. Let them get burned. Then, by all means. But I think that he can be valuable. I think that he can be someone as a back end starter this year, who really helps you. Especially, obviously, in a theme of today in a, in a deeper league. If you're in a deeper 14, 16, 20 team league, then yeah, absolutely, he should be rostered. And that's one thing about baseball: the league sizes vary quite a bit depending on what site you're on, what format, whatever. There are very deep fantasy baseball leagues. There are one. There are leagues. I don't know how many of you guys are in these leagues, but there are leagues that are twenty plus teams deep. And in that case, most players with starting playing time have to be rostered in those leagues. Bumgarner, absolutely in a deeper league, should be on a roster. No questions asked. Let's move on to the Dodgers and the Pirates, and we had Clayton Kershaw again give a really good outing. Not as not like signature Kershaw, but over five innings, four hits, one earned run, and struck out three. Really good stuff out of Kershaw. Totally serviceable there. And he's 3-0 to start the year. Really nice. Uh, Sean Manaya on the other side. Not so nice here. Over four and a third, he gave up six hits, six earned runs, and struck out five while also surrendering two long balls. Not great stuff for Manaya. Obviously, you're just holding him and hoping that he'll turn it around next time out. The last game of the evening, the Angel Hernandez special here. I don't know how many of you guys were watching this. I watched a little bit of it. And I saw Kyle Schwarber have his freak out, actually. It was a lot of fun, but at the same time, very sad uh, that Angel Hernandez is still ruining baseball games at this point. We were talking with Scott Bogman last week about him being at a, a game during the Diamondbacks inaugural season in 98. I think it was 98. And Angel Hernandez called a home run ball foul, and there's nothing that could be done about it. And, you know, he'd just been screwing up games for 25 years, Angel Hernandez. I know this isn't really fantasy necessarily, but, I mean, it all plays into the big picture of how successful players are. Players aren't going to be as successful when you have Angel Hernandez blowing calls constantly. I mean, it's he's just a terrible umpire, and the league should really do something. They should really, you know, pay him off and tell him to leave. Or I, I don't know what they could do with him exactly because he's already tried to sue the league before. Uh, unsuccessfully, I might add. I believe the league had an independent review, and it said, no, Angel Hernandez, you, in fact, are not a good umpire. So that is why you don't get World Series games and All-Star games and this, that, and the other. I don't know why they didn't just fire him there and be done with it. His umpire scorecard for today it said he altered the game by .75 runs. It was a one nothing ball game. So he's, he is the whole difference there. He is, he is causing, he's, you know, umpires shouldn't be affecting games in that, in that manner. He's, he should be fired. He should be completely, he should be done. But that's something that maybe we can go into in more depth on another day. Uh, this the last game of the night here, the Brewers and the Phillies. And we had a hell of a treat of a pitching performance. I had both of these guys rostered in one of my leagues, in one of my category leagues, and I needed a victory. I needed one victory to tie the win column for the week. You'd think between these two guys going 13 innings, and striking out a combined 22 guys, I would have had one victory between them. But 
alas, that is baseball. No victories were had rostering both of them. So Lauer went six innings, gave up five hits, struck out 13, walked one, fantastic. Uh, worth an ad in most leagues just to see, right? Just, you know, he's, he was pretty good before this. He's never been a big strikeout guy, really, so this is a bit of an outlier. But he was doing all right heading into this game. So I'm perfectly fine to take a, to take the jump there and add him. In the league I added him in, I'm not dropping him, I'll tell you that. If you added him in as a stream yesterday, then you're going to be holding on to him and seeing what you can get for him down the line. At least seeing what you can, what next start will bring, and then you make your evaluations from there. But for right now, I think you should be on a roster. Uh, and he is, the roster percentage went up quite a bit overnight. Uh, they ended up going with Devin Williams, or they went Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader. Josh Hader ended up with a save, his eighth save already on the season. Really valuable. Uh, Devin Williams got his first win of the season. He's also someone who can be valuable. So far, he hasn't really been. He's been beat around a little bit. But uh, it's nice to see him get a victory there. Aaron Nola, really nice to see him going back into uh, more of the Aaron Nola that we know from previous years. Now, his ERA is typically fairly high, but we do know him as a big power strikeout pitcher. And he went seven innings, gave up one hit, and struck out nine. That's about as good as you're going to ever hope for from Aaron Nola. It really sucks he didn't get the victory. I could have really used it from one or the other of these guys. But you'll you'll take this and be very happy with it. If you're a manager of NOLA, you went to bed very happy last night, as I did. So that is every game from yesterday. Uh, typical Sunday full slate, 15-game slate. Let's talk about today a little bit, where we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. So that means there's less margin for error in terms of your DFS lineups because there's just not as many players in the pool. There's not going to be as many points available in the pool. Um, and also in terms of your streams, there's not going to be as many streamers available. So if you are a, someone who is an aggressive streamer early in the week, there are not so many great options today. We also have quite a few number one, number two starters going here. So there are not a lot of options. We'll talk about more of the waiver stuff uh, in a second, but let's just start by going into the games here and looking at the pitching matchups. San Fran and the Brewers' <clears throat> first pitch is at 6.10 Eastern time. Sam Long is going up against Corbin Burns, and Sam Long was pretty good last time out. He went as more of an opener, I believe. Uh, yeah, he went two innings against Washington, gave up two hits. I don't really feel that comfortable here because I honestly just don't know too much about Sam Long. Doesn't have a ton of experience. Uh, I'm a little nervous about deploying him here. Uh, if you added him for the last start and you kept him, then maybe. But I wouldn't be adding him ahead of this start. If you're going to use a move, I wouldn't recommend it on him. Corbin Burns is the counterpart. And obviously, Corbin Burns, pretty much every matchup for the year, is going to be a good one. I would be fairly happy using him here. San Francisco can be a sneaky, very good offensive team. But... Corbin Burns, I feel like he's calmed down from that first start of the year where he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great. And now the last couple outings, we've seen a much better performances out of him. So I am very happy to use Corbin tonight, uh, either in a daily league or um, in a season-long format. If you're Obviously, if you drafted him in a season-long format, you're using him. But I, I mean, I feel more comfortable using him on the DFS side tonight. He's a good matchup there. Uh, let's go to the next game, the Rockies at the Phillies. It's Kyle Freeland and Kyle Gibson. Kyle Freeland, despite coming off that uh, big contract he signed, I don't feel very confident in his abilities. 
I don't like him here very much against the Phillies, so I'm not really going to be too interested here. Kyle Gibson, also not terribly interested. Fairly small ballpark. And Colorado's had a very good team so far this year, surprisingly. So I'm not really too interested in Kyle Gibson. If you already have him, which you probably do, he's fairly highly rostered. Um, I would really think about starting him. I would really put a lot of thought into the rest of your pitching staff, their matchups for the week, what you kind of project those matchups to look like. If you have a really tough matchups, if you have tough matchups ahead this week, then maybe you have to start Kyle Gibson because it's not a terrible matchup. It's at home. It's it's not bad. Uh, I'm just a little nervous because, you know, it's Kyle Gibson. We don't know fully what exactly he's going to give you night in and night out. It could vary a little bit. So, I, I, bottom line is I'm probably starting him, but I'm, I'm a little nervous about doing so. The next game of the night is the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. And we should have a good pitching matchup here between Jose Barrios and Nate Eovaldi. Both guys should be very safe to start. Now, I say that, and there's a chance that one of these teams has an offensive explosion because that's what these teams like to do. Blue Jays can really, really explode offensively. They haven't so far this year. Red Sox have not been so great this year. They'd like to see a bit more out of Trevor Story. They'd like to see more out of everybody, really. But they, at the same time, can go off for more than 10 runs on any given night. So I'm starting both of these guys, but it is also a risk-reward kind of thing that does go with it. There is plenty of risk, so keep that in mind. Let's move on to the Mets and the Cardinals. We have Max Scherzer and Miles Mikolas. Obviously, Max Scherzer, you're starting. Mikolas, I'm not totally sold, especially because it's a Monday. You know, those numbers are all at zero right now. You don't want to start the week off with a rough start. And I have a little bit of worry uh, that the Mets lineup, that has been on pretty good streak recently. They've been fairly hot. I don't think I'm too confident starting him here. So I may look to sit Mikolas if I have him. If you don't have him, then I don't think I would recommend using a move off the wire to go and get him. Let's move on to the Astros and the Rangers. Framber Valdez and Dane Dunning. I really like Framber Valdez here, despite him struggling with control early on. I think it's a good matchup, and I'm going to be targeting him in DFS tonight for sure. Dane Dunning is not somebody I'm going to be too interested in here. Uh, he's someone that you could target on the opposite side. I think Astros batters will probably have a nice day against him, but I don't think much of his abilities here in this matchup. Uh, really a short slate tonight, guys. It's it's almost strange. It's almost discomforting when there's only seven baseball games on. It doesn't feel like there's enough to watch when there's usually so Especially coming off the weekend where there's 15 games every day. It's, it's tough to only have seven, but I mean, being a little greedy here, I guess. This one will be a decent pitching matchup, I think. Uh, Cleveland and Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Angels. We have Shane Bieber and Michael Lorenzen. Bieber, yes. All systems go with Bieber. A little bit worried about the velocity early on in the season, but I don't have too big of a concern there. Lorenzen, I don't know that I can say I would definitely start him or definitely not. It's kind of a toss-up here. Cleveland, they have a decent lineup. You know, I didn't really expect it going into the year, but they have a pretty decent lineup. And, you know, despite them being 7-8, and eight, they've got Jose Ramirez, who's been really powerful. Miles Straw has been very productive. Uh, Stephen Kwan, who is listed as day-to-day, so I'm not sure he's going to get the start tonight. But they have been a bit of a surprise, Cleveland. Uh, they're not just a pushover lineup like some people thought they might be. 
So Lorenzen is kind of an iffy start here. Again, depending on... I, I wouldn't go and add him for today. I wouldn't go and make that move. But if you already have him, I would look at some factors like who else you have going this week and their expected matchups and things like that. And just so you can kind of roughly project where you think you're going to be in terms of strikeouts, ERA, whip, wins. Wins are almost impossible to project. But just kind of have a rough idea where you think your week is going to go. I don't think I'm going to be using him in many circumstances, but he's not a terrible play for tonight. The last game of the evening is Walker Bueller and Merrill Kelly in a really nice pitching matchup here uh, in Arizona. It's the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. Obviously, Walker Bueller, despite him having an ERA over four, is the preferred option in this matchup. I really like Bueller here. Arizona, they've been a little bit better lately on offense, but they're still not a team that I can trust. Uh, with the bats, they're going to be a good matchup to target against this year. So Bueller pitching against them makes me feel very nice in terms of deploying him. Obviously, in a season-long format, but in a daily changes format, uh, but in but in a daily fantasy format as well. I mean, um, Merrill Kelly on the other side. This is a tricky one because he's at home. He's f- playing in a big ballpark, and he's been very good this year. But the Dodgers are. Obviously, a nerve-wracking team to throw your starters up against. You don't want to have an early week meltdown here from Kelly and have him give up nine runs or something, and then your ERA the whole week, you're fighting to get it back down under five, under six, whatever, and then you're pretty much just screwed for Monday in in one category. Now, I don't know that we can anticipate that he's going to be either bad or good here. I think it's kind of just a toss-up with him. He's historically not the greatest pitcher. This year, he's been really, really excellent. So I'm, again, conflicted a little bit here. I'd lean towards probably just starting him because of this Monday. He has been good. I have some faith in him that he will, you know, be able to carry value this year. And if he's going to be able to carry value, he's going to have to pitch against hard teams. So I think I'm going to be comfortable starting Merrill Kelly here. Not feeling particularly great about it, but I think that I would, at the end of the day, go ahead and start him here. That's it for the games, guys. That's it. And... You heard the names I just went through. A lot of more marquee guys are going to be starting, so there's not too many options on the waiver wire. We'll we'll talk about the waiver wire now, uh, and there's not really so much going on in terms of hot pickups for the pitching side. So let's just talk about from the most added guys. The most added player was Jock Peterson today so far. Uh, He's been added in more than 15,000 leagues. He's currently the 18th-ranked player on Yahoo. Over the last two weeks, he's the number two-ranked player. He has five home runs, eight RBIs, and a stolen base this year so far, and he's not a base stealer, so that's a nice early season steal. He's not playing against lefties uh, so far in the year. I mean, he keeps this up. He'll play against anything. But I'm, you know, I'm adding him. I'm adding Jock in certainly deeper leagues. If you're in anything like 14 or deeper, then yes, you got to add him. I'm a little nervous going forward that he'll have like fantasy value the whole year but for now you got to add him for now he is valuable enough that you got to add him and maybe you try and sell him uh you commit the cardinal sin of picking someone off the waiver wire and maybe offer them in a trade maybe you already have him he's rostered in about half of yahoo leagues 52 percent at the moment i think he's a sell high candidate i don't think that he's someone who's going to be able to hold this value long term and i believe he was someone i mentioned in my uh sell high no i didn't actually i thought i mentioned him in my sell high um Twitter thread from the weekend, but he was not one of the guys I mentioned, but he is definitely in that group of, you know, you can squeeze good extra value out of him at the moment. 
Uh, the next guy being added is Jorge Lopez, and he's had quite a few saves over the last. I think he has three saves in the last four days. He's been really nice uh, in terms of that category. Now, I have, in one particular league, I drafted Liam Hendricks and Ryan Presley. That was my closer duo. It has so far been disastrous. So in that league, I went ahead and added Jorge Lopez because I needed some help with saves. If you are in a situation like that where you have a Presley or a Hendricks, or if you're an idiot like me and you have both, and you know, you're not an idiot, but early season returns have been rough, then you want to go and supplement your saves. And Jorge Lopez is a really good option to do that. Now he's playing for Baltimore. They're not going to win a ton of games this year. He's probably going to top out at 25 saves, best case scenario-ish, 25, maybe 30, who knows? It's still early, but they're not going to win a ton of games, so that will limit his save potential down the line. For now, though, he's an ad. you got to go and add him. Uh, he's been playing, he's played himself into ad territory. J.P. Crawford's the next guy being added quite a bit, and I see him more on the deeper league side. Uh, I like him, but he's only eligible at short. So shortstop is what we talked about in the preseason shows. Probably, almost definitely, the most crowded fantasy position. J.P. Crawford's eligibility is just at short, and the odds are you already have your shortstop for the year. The odds are at, at least one shortstop on your team that you have solidified in that spot. So Crawford, more than likely, is going to be added and used in a utility slot. And that's where you really have to look at your logistics of your team and see who fits in where, can I shuffle some guys around so that I have the most advantageous lineup going out there every night? Let's say you pick up a Crawford. You you probably already have your shortstop, so you're putting him in the utility slot. So you have to think, who am I taking out of the utility slot? Are they going onto the bench? Are they going somewhere else in the field? Where are they going? So that is a major factor. If he had eligibility, at, like let's say he was second and short or short and third, then you know you'd be able to work with it a little bit more maybe because most most rosters there's at least one position where you're a little bit weaker. Just looking at one of my teams right now, I'm a little bit weaker in the outfield on this particular team. So if there was outfield eligibility there, it'd be really nice. Most people could use another outfielder. In terms of shortstops, it's a little more iffy because, like I said, it's such a deep position. There's so many options. So Crawford for me at the moment. Maybe you have multiple shortstop spots in your league, or maybe you have a corner infield slot, or sorry, maybe you have a middle infield slot where you can stick him in there. And in that case, if you have the multiple spots, then I would probably add. But if you're just sitting on one shortstop spot, like a lot of Yahoo leagues do, then you're probably going to be leaving him. ESPN leagues, uh, more more positions there. There is the, the uh, middle infield slot. There's like a second, third slot. There's, there's there's more versatility in the position slots there on ESPN. Not that there's much at all that I prefer about an ESPN league uh, to Yahoo leagues. I'm not massive on the ESPN fantasy side. I do have a couple of teams there, but that's one of the smaller benefits is that you have like that second base slash shortstop spot, first base slash third to go along with already having a shortstop and a third base slot. And then you got your utility slot. So there's a little bit more versatility available to you there. Now, all that to say is that Crawford, good player, but deeper league and multiple shortstop slots, those are where I'm going to be targeting him. Not so much in a shallower league or a league where there is just the one slot. The next guy being added is Eric Lauer. And yeah, we've talked about him today. He's definitely worth an add. His ERA last year, over 118 innings, was 3.19. So if he can replicate something like that and up his strikeout numbers, then... He could be a really valuable guy. I completely understand taking the shot on him there. Miles Mikolas is a bit of a risky stream for tonight. 
It might be McCollis, honestly. I'm not sure. He's a bit of a risky stream for tonight. He's been good in his first couple starts, but I'm probably not going to go out and grab him against the Mets here. I just don't feel very confident in him. And, you know, he could be really good tonight. I don't I don't have strong opinions on using him or not using him. I'm just a little worried that it's a tough Monday uh, start here. Just, just, I don't know. Beginning of the week, I'm a little more cautious, and he's a guy I'm probably not going to be deploying. I'm certainly not going to go and add him for tonight. If you already have him, then it's a situation like I mentioned earlier. Look at your week. Look at your starters. Who's going twice? Which starting pitchers go on Monday and Tuesday? Because those guys typically will have two starts in the week. They'll typically pitch again on Saturday or Sunday. So Nicholas will pitch again later in the week, most likely. So it's not like he's going to be giving you a zero if you sit him tonight. There's a lot of factors that go into this. But mostly it comes down to how strong your pitching staff is. If you have a really strong, great pitching, strong pitching is your strength on your team, and Nicholas is probably your worst guy, then you're probably not going to start him tonight because it doesn't really make sense. Let's move on to Charlie Blackman, who has been really hot recently. Over the last week, he is the second-ranked player um, on a total basis, on the total value basis. Eight runs, two homers, five RBIs, and a steal over the last week. Really productive stuff so far. He's someone I didn't draft this year. I drafted him last year and was a little disappointed with him. Uh, very disappointed with him, actually. This year so far, he's been good. So I understand uh, in deeper formats, adding him. In formats where you have five outfielder slots, four or five outfielder slots, maybe if you have only three, it's going to be a little bit harder to roster him there. But I think he's worth an add in most leagues at the moment. Uh, Dylan Bundy's also still being added in quite a few leagues. Not as much as maybe you'd expect. If this was just a no-name guy with these numbers, he'd be added a lot more. But people know who Dylan Bundy is, and they're not expecting this to continue. So I think at this point, you got to try and sell Dylan Bundy if you have him. People probably aren't going to bite, but you might have someone who doesn't know so much about fantasy baseball or about baseball in general, where you can take advantage of them a little bit with Bundy and trade him for, maybe you can return a guy who's going to have somewhere around top 100 value throughout the year. It might be hard. And, you know, a lot of people say that some of these buy, sell, buy, and listen to me, mumbling my words like this. Some people say that the buy low and sell highs don't really exist. They don't really work. People know what they're talking about. And, you know, that's not true. People, some people just don't know what they're talking about. Some people really over or undervalue guys. Some people just strictly look at a season ranking. And right now on Yahoo, if you pulled up your your app and looked at his ranking in a category league, Dylan Bundy is the 19th ranked player for the season. Some people will look at that. Maybe you're new to fantasy and think, oh, wow, I got a, a top 20 fantasy guy here. I'll, I'll trade for him. No problem. That's not going to be the case. If you can try and milk some value out of him there, then I would recommend doing that. Uh, let's talk about some of the more dropped players. Now we've talked about the added players. Aaron Savale has been dropped quite a few leagues, and I completely understand that he's been fairly rough so far, and he's not really going to be rosterable. So yeah, send him back to the wires. Stephen Kwan's also been dropped quite a bit. He's considered day-to-day right now. I don't agree with Kwan being dropped. Yes, it is a little bit of empty cal- empty calories so far. No home runs, no steals, but he's batted 341. He's getting on base quite a bit. If you're in an on-base percentage league, then you got to hold Quan. He's a very valuable on-base percentage guy. And hopefully, as he uh, gets a little bit more comfortable in the bigs here, he starts hitting some more home runs and stealing a bit more. Uh, Justin Steele and Chris Archer also being dropped. Most of the guys being dropped are starters who went yesterday. Steele, yes, drop, no problem. Chris Archer, yes, drop, no problem. 
Matt Brash is also being dropped in there. I do have a little bit of a problem with. I would hold on to Brash. He didn't have a great outing against Kansas City, but he is someone who I think can still hold value throughout the season. Uh, he's on track to face the Marlins on Friday. Good matchup there. So I'm going to be holding on to him for now. Uh, those are the main guys. You say Kikuchi also being dropped, and I understand that he's not been terribly valuable. Josh Lowe is also being dropped, and he's had a rough start to his big league career. He's 8 for 47. No home runs. He has one steal, but in a three-outfielder league, uh, you can't really roster Josh Lowe. He's not going to be someone that you can hold. Obviously, deeper dynasty leagues in particular, but even in deeper leagues, I don't know if you can really hold on to him. He's only pretty much just a dynasty guy at the moment. Let's talk about some DFS stuff because I have heard on Twitter that some of you guys really do like the DFS stuff, and I really enjoy it. So let's talk about it quickly. Uh, tonight is not such a big slate. So the, the main slate tonight is 7 o'clock, so you're actually going to be cutting off a couple of games. Uh, the Brewers game starts before the slates. Uh, the Brewers-Giants game and the Rockies-Phillies game will not be a part of the slate that I've entered. It's the main slate for tonight, where there are only five games. So there are 10 starters available to you to choose from, and that's that's it. So I have chosen Framber Valdez and Walker Bueller here. I like the matchups. I like the ballparks. I like the pitchers. I like both of these guys here tonight quite a bit. Uh, Alejandro Kirk I have as my catcher. He's due. He's completely due. I like the matchup as well uh, against the hard-throwing guy in Ivaldi. I like Kirk here. And I do tend to favor the Blue Jays here, but you know they've been very good to me so far in rostering them in the daily leagues here. I haven't really been burned by them, and... I'm just deploying them in matchups where I think it really makes sense. Kirk is one who has burned me a little bit. Now, his price has fluctuated from $7 all the way to, I think, what was it, $13, $12 at one point. So he's going to fluctuate a little bit. He's really just due to break out a bit, and I think you can expect a couple of base hits from him here tonight at the least. So for 9 bucks, I'm happy. Bobby Dalbeck, 7 bucks at first. He's the minimum price, and I like him. He's an everyday player. I think for 7 bucks, it's a good flyer for tonight. He's more of just a fill-in guy tonight, but 7 bucks is 7 bucks. I have Marcus Simeon at second base. While fully acknowledging that it has been a tough ride for him, and he has started to turn it around a little bit more in the recent games, he's still very discounted for $11, so I'm quite happy to take him here. Uh, Jose Ramirez I have as my third baseman. Again, I like the matchup against Lorenzen. I love switch hitters in terms of daily fantasy because they can't be taken advantage of in matchups. Ramirez is one of those guys, and he's obviously one of the more talented players in the majors. No problems here for 25 bucks. Fairly expensive, but no problems. Uh, Trey Turner is my shortstop here for 19 I have George Springer in my first outfield slot, followed by Starling Marte and Jeff McNeil. So I'll read through it one more time. Valdez, Bueller, Kirk, Dahlbeck, Semyon, Ramirez, Turner, Springer, Marte, and McNeil. And I'll just quickly talk about yesterday because yesterday I had a big day uh, in terms of fantasy. It was 141 points in my DFS lineup yesterday, led by Garrett Cole and Tyler McGill, but also Austin Riley and Tyler O'Neill were really valuable guys yesterday. So 141 points. It was my highest scoring game of the season so far, highest, highest scoring night of the season. So we're really starting to... Uh, catch on to things here. Obviously, there is a lot of luck associated with DFS. It's not always going to be so cut and dry. This guy has a good matchup, so he's going to be a good play tonight. Usually, yeah, it'll work in your favor, 
but uh, there is a huge amount of luck to this. So 12 out of our 18 lineups for the year have gone over 100 points. Feeling very confident there. Could be a little bit higher, sure. But, I mean, 66% of the time going over 100, 100 is usually going to be enough to get you money. So I feel very confident in our DFS lineups. So let me know if you guys are using the DFS lineups, if you guys are interested in the segment, if you guys are big DFS junkies like I am, because I'm just a fantasy junkie and it's just another fun part of fantasy. So let me know if, uh, down in the comments what you guys think uh, in the review section here on the podcasting app, or you can at me right on Twitter. I'll give you it. I'll give it to you one more time. It's at Joe Orico 99. So at J O E O R R I C O 99. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever uh, you like the show, you hate the show, you think I'm a moron, you think I'm great, whatever it is, hit me on Twitter in the DMS or write at me. You can just at my username and then put your question in whatever people do both. Uh, and a lot more people recently have been asking questions. So I appreciate you guys putting your faith in me there. A little disappointed that it's a short slate tonight. There won't be so much baseball to watch, but the bright side is, you know, you can focus a little bit more on the individual games. There's some playoff basketball going on, so maybe you guys want to switch back and forth. By all means, I will be switching back and forth with some playoff basketball tonight. Uh, really fun time of year to be a sports fan, but really especially a good time of year to be a baseball fan because we are just getting kicked into high gear now. Pitchers are starting to reach their pitch maxes, their pitch limits. They're going to 100. Batters are starting to figure it out, and we're going to start having more fun. Hopefully, there's more balls that got hit out of the ballpark in the coming weeks because it's been a bit of a, a dead ball so far this year. But we hope that uh, fantasy is more fun when there's more runs scored. Obviously, it kind of sucks on the pitching side. But you do have more fun there when you see more home runs. More home run notifications from whatever app you use are very fun to see uh, your phone pop up there and see someone hit a home run. So, yes, it's a little bit on the smaller side getting a notification in terms of the grand scheme of things. But it is fun, nonetheless, uh, to see those home runs come. So I'm hoping we see some more home runs in the next couple of weeks. There hasn't been too much offense to start the year. Now, there are some of us who have this conundrum so far, I'm not sure how it works, of having both struggling batters and struggling pitchers. So it it's worked both ways for, for me in a couple of leagues where, yeah, sure, um, the ball's dead or whatever. There's not being hit out of the ballpark. At the same time, my pitcher's ERA in one league was like over four last week. So what are we doing here? How are we – how was this working? If the batting average is – 225 or 230 in major leagues and then the era is like over four for i don't i don't i don't understand and that was on a team i drafted fairly well for pitching too so hopefully everybody figures it out gets the kinks out early on here and we can have proper baseball because so far has been a little bit rough uh, no spring training and whatnot but we're hoping that we'll have uh, better baseball fairly soon higher batting averages you know things like that Pitchers going deeper into games. Stuff the fans really like. Anyway, that's enough for me. Enough ranting for me. Thank you guys so much for joining us here today on this Monday. We're into week six of the show. So uh, really glad we've expanded our viewer base a little bit here. If you're still listening at this point of the show, thank you very much for listening to the whole thing. I know a lot of you have probably either listened to your favorite segments or tuned the thing out by now. But for those of you who are still sticking around, you guys, I really appreciate you listening to the whole thing here. Go ahead and give us a five-star review in your podcasting app, Spotify, whatever it is, wherever it is you consume us. Uh, it would be really helpful if you guys could leave a positive review down below. 
So guys, we will see you back here again tomorrow for a bit of a busier slate. And I hope you guys have a very successful night in fantasy. Everybody take care and have a great one. Cheers.